Hey everybody, it's Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas, and my guest today is bluegrass Americana artist Sean Watkins of the Watkins Family Hour in Nickel Creek. He and his sister Sarah just released a new record, and uh, I think it's just got some great songs on it. I can't wait to share them with you today. Before we do, though, I'm going to play a song off my latest record called No More Tears to Cry. And uh, it's a blues number for all you people out there that still love the blues. And I can't help but uh, believe that if you like country music and Texas music, you got to like the blues because it's pretty much a foundation of all that we do here. So sit back and relax, grab a drink, grab a snack, and let us let us bring you some great music and some funny stories in the next hour with Texas Homegrown Music and yours truly, Maylee Thomas, my song No More Tears, and we'll be right back with Sean Watkins. I've spent some cold and restless morning Under a dark and sunless sky Too many days to even count them Since you left without goodbye
here we are back with Texas Homegrown Music and my guest, Sean Watkins of the Watkins Family Hour. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So, um, we don't know each other and I have done a little bit of homework and of course I've, I've certainly, I'm certainly familiar with uh, Nickel Creek and, and also went back and listened to some of your stuff from your earlier release, but um, I think Gosh, kid, I mean, what don't you do? I'm looking at your discography and looking at what you and your sister have been involved in the last couple of decades, and it's crazy. Yeah. When are you home? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it used to be in the in the height of the Nickel Creek touring back between like 2001 or, two, yeah, like 2001 and 2008, beginning of 2008. We were gone, you know, a lot of years we would be gone nine, 10 months at a time or not at a time, but over the course over, of the year. Right. Um, just real lots of just kind of endless touring cycles. Um, but you know, when we, we didn't, none of us had kids or families until relatively recently. And so when you're off, you, you have a lot of free time and, and you can, you can get a lot done. Um, but you know, also it's just built into the bluegrass lifestyle and way of, um, making a living, you kind of have to have more than one thing going, you know, there's like most people I know have three, you know, like when be a, a one thing and a couple side hustles, <laughs> um, sure. you know, uh, and nickel Creek was the main thing for so long. Um, and, and then our side hustle was Watkins family hour. We started it in 2001 as sort of a, like a way to blow off some steam, uh, you know, it, it, touring so much of nickel Creek, which we loved and still love. Um, it was um, it was really nice to have a place to play cover songs, try out new songs, um, play with different people in Los Angeles. And, you know, we kind of we got kind of thankfully pulled into the scene that surrounds a club here in Los Angeles called Largo um, in 2001. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a it's a it's still an amazing club. Uh, it's It's a theater now, but at the time it was like a. 125 seat basically like a pub and um but these unbelievable people would play there and comedians it was half music and half comedy and it still is oh wow and everything oh, still all is, the people mix yeah we played last night um we have a monthly so we've been doing a monthly show there for 20 years <laughs> and that's that's what Watkins family hour is that's where it came it came out of us going to see these shows at this at this place Largo. We lived in San Diego at the time. My sister Sarah and I did, and we went up to see um, Glenn Phillips play, who's a, a songwriter hero of ours. And, um, before we knew him, we went up to see him play, and then we met him at at this little place Largo. And um, and the, the owner of Largo, he still owns it. His name is uh, Mark Flanagan. He uh, um, after seeing us play there a couple times, sitting in with other people, he suggested we start our own monthly residency there. He's, he said, let's call it Watkins Family Hour. I don't care how many people show up. Just play songs, try out new songs, play covers, have fun. It's going to be great. And so we did. And we started playing with, you know, what friends we knew in Los Angeles would have them come and play with us. And, you know, a lot of times it was a Thursday night, be like, you know, the third Thursday of, of the month. And it eventually just kind of turned into uh, us meeting a whole lot of people from from Los Angeles, um, musicians that just want that we love and admired, but and never thought would want to come play a, a small little um, 
you know, pub. Uh, but turns out they did. People like Ben Montench from, you know, from the Heartbreakers, Greg Lease, uh, amazing pedal steel player. Um, David Garza, who I, I know you know from, right. from Texas. Uh, we met him there. Um, and a lot of heroes like Elliot Smith and John Bryan, Amy Mann, um, Fiona Apple. We, we met these people and and started to make music with them. And it's just this really amazing scene and community. Um, and so the Watkins Family Hour came out of that um, as a monthly residency. And we would do it when we were off from Nickel Creek. We would go, go in and whenever we had a free week off or something we would play a show there and um it, it became um and still is a, a place for us to try out new songs you know uh, it's a real um it's kind of like a farming you know it's like you know we we try out new songs we do covers it's it's a really safe place to do new material and and do things that you might not otherwise be able to do in your regular touring gig it's a safe sure thing. there's no recording aloud, um, videoing or audio. And so you kind of, whatever happens in that show just kind of stays in that room. And, um, so that's what a, yeah. what a cool thing that is just in today's world. Cause I can't tell you how frustrating it is for me to go to shows. And I mean, I get it. I, I know cause I'm all about taking pictures and wanting to have a memory, Yeah, but it's like nowadays when you go to a show, all you do is see this, all you, up high, you know, and it's like, Oh, I know on, people I know. And, you know, they they have a real strict they've always had a very strict policy about that. And if they see anyone with a, you know, a phone out, even they'll you'll get a tap on your shoulder saying just take that outside or, or you know, something else. Right. And um, so because of that, they get amazing people that come in and musicians and comedians that will come in and and try stuff because it's safe and um and so it's just we've just been so grateful to be a part of this community and to have it grow from the, our, our side hustle. You know, my sisters and my side hustle when Nickel Creek was off to right now when it's it's one of our you know ma main things that we do. And um, it is the main thing that we're both doing right now. So are you and, back you know, doing it now? I mean, is it back? We are. I know COVID, I know COVID is, you know, certainly put a squash on so many uh, live events, but are you, it, are you back it, on? We are. We're, we did our third show last night. Um, okay. Which was October, October 12th. And uh, we did a show in late July and late August. And we had to skip September because we were, we were touring for our album. So that, it's not on um, Thursdays any longer. No, it's it's now it's just whenever we're home. But for a while, okay. it was it was every Thursday. And then we actually did for a couple of years. We did it weekly um, when we were around. We did a it's we, it's it's a wonderful place. And, and there's a lot of return people that go there that are, go there religiously as audience members. Um, but, yeah, we, we did our third one last night. And, it, you know, it feels, you know, it, it, even with the touring, we Sarah and I have toured um, a lot mostly in the eastern half of the united states east coast um and it's different every place and there's been some shows that have been canceled and um but overall it's been really great people have been respectful and then we've felt safe um but it does feel a little bit like we're pioneers you know everyone all musicians and i mean everyone in general no one really knows how you know for a long time for a while the last couple of months it was, there was this general feeling in the air like is this gonna last are we gonna get shut down again you know, everyone on their best behavior. And now it's starting to kind of feel like it's stabilizing and we right. can kind of, you know, not relax too much, but 
feels like we can st- sort of start to make plans for next year. And um, and that's really nice. Um, but it well, definitely does feel a little bit like the wild, wild west, you know. <laughs> definitely. Well, I'm excited to see that you guys are playing several dates in Texas. Um, I know that you're at the Kessler on the 21st, and I think you're in Austin yeah. the 23rd, uh, 22nd maybe, and then the 23rd. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. Is it Houston or I don't? I don't know. But I, I, I saw that you guys are. I'm not sure either. But- and, but I, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about the things that you're doing coming up around here, and that's one of our big shows for you is going to be the Kessler, and one of my favorite venues, by yeah. the way. And I say that respectively because I know Edwin, who owns the Kessler, is a, a super great guy. He knows how to he knows how to do a room right, mm-hmm. and we have a room as well. And you don't know that much about me. My husband and I own a business. We own a guitar store called the Guitar Sanctuary here in McKinney, and it also has a um, cool. 200, 250 to 300 person venue, depending on how you lay it out. But we, mm-hmm. we it's, wow. um, it's geared a lot towards guitar playing, uh, even though mm-hmm. we do have a lot of bands. Um, but we probably, we probably go to the Kessler as much as we go to our, our place <laughs> and it's you yeah. know, 30 miles away, but you guys are going to have a great time there. I know. Um, are you expecting, are you going to cool. bring any local artists up on that show? Um, I, don't know, but uh, we'll look in. We're, <clears throat> you know, we sometimes we 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 don't plan ahead as far as we should when we're um, when we're going on these tours. Like, for instance, our last tour, we know a few people in Asheville, North Carolina, and it snuck up on us. And a couple of days before, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to be in Asheville." I should, you know, text my friend Casey, and uh, we texted a couple other people to see if they were around, and Casey was around, and. Um, that's, you know, that's a big part of the, the, the Watkins family hours is kind of, um, getting people guests up to play songs and a lot of, um, you know, mixing, mixing it up musically. Um, it's just always, and I think that's what people love. Fun, I think people you know, love that about, yeah. it, you know, and, and they feel like they're a part of something that was just very impromptu and, um, you know, and I, yeah. I wish, I wish more artists would be more collaborative uh, in that respect. Cause I do think there's something yeah. magical that can happen when you are just up there and you, you learn that, you learn that thing, um, when in doubt, lay out. <laughs> yeah, I you know. know. And uh, you're feeling you strong, know. sing along kind of, you know, it's like, I love it. And we, yeah. my husband and I are, are pretty cool proponents of liking to do that. Sometimes the other band members are like, whoa, here we go. Because <laughs> they know there's yeah. no way they well, know what to do. I understand. Expect. Yeah, and that's understandable. I mean, it, the, one of the cool things about bluegrass is you're sort of from an early age primed to, to be able to just listen and play things by ear and Absolutely. be flexible and improvise. Those are all, you know, those are all key components, uh, character traits that you kind of have to have, even just to survive as a gigging musician, you know, you have to be able to do that. You know, bluegrass is not a very big money-making, um, you know, genre, but, uh, so, so you have to, you have to know, you have to have a lot of skills. You have to be able to sing lead, sing harmony. You have to be able to, you know, play good rhythm and solo. And, and so I say all this because, it's a fun, it's a great music to grow up playing because you have to kind of learn all these different, wear all these different hats. And so then as a result, when you, you grow up and learn other kinds of music and, you know, do different things like, like we are, you still kind of have those, um, those abilities and, and it's really fun to just invite someone up and 
haven't played a song, maybe you've heard it or maybe you haven't heard it. You know, like last night we played a couple songs that I'd never heard. I didn't even know what key they were in until the person started playing them. And, and, um, and it's just wonderful to be able to like feel safe and comfortable exploring something new musically in front of a crowd. And like you said, I think it's, it's fun for them to watch too, as long as the people on stage feel comfortable and not like they're being put on the spot or something. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, I, um, I remember when I had the Queeby sisters on, do you know them at all? Yeah. So um, I, what I remember the most was when they were talking about how in, in bluegrass, when they were learning how to play and um, you know, when they're learning how to play fiddle and, and my grandfather was a fiddle player and playing in a lot of different bands and stuff. But um, you know, it's like you learn by sitting in with people mm-hmm. and, and so it really kind of sets the stage for you being able to be thrown in those kind of situations to yeah. sit around the campfire kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, everybody just play along and sing along. And I, I really, I really dig that. I do. I think it's, it's a really cool thing. And yeah, like I said, I love the fact that you do this collaborative thing. Well, I'm going to play, um, I'm going to play a song off of this record that we want to talk about that you and your sister did the second family, uh, Watkins family hour record and brother, sister, um, I'm going to play just another reason right now. And when we come back, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about some of these songs that you've written and also talk about how you've taken on some of the things that are going on in our country. And, you know, just your way of of talking about your position. And I I really dig it. So you guys just tuned in. We're with um, Sean Watkins and we're talking about his Watkins family hour, even though they, you know, a lot of you probably know him from Nickel Creek. Uh, We're going to talk about this uh, Watkins family hour, which I love. It's a collaborative uh, record that they do together and then with guests as well. So when we come back, we'll play some more music for you. But right now we're going to play their song. Just another reason. What once was a lifeline thrown from a boat Stop even drowning Keep you afloat Now
So we're back with Sean Watkins and Watkins Family Hour. And I was uh, I was telling Sean just a little while ago, and I'm dating myself, but when I was a youngster, because I'm not a youngster th- anymore, well, I am in my head, and that's what matters, right? Sure is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I used to frequent the baked potato in L.A. and really late at night on Saturdays. And that's kind of when I read about what you were doing here with Watkins Family Hour. It's what it kind of reminded me of, especially when I, you know, realized that you guys have all these players that would come in and just sit in and jam. Yeah. I mean, what a cool way to meet, you know, it is. your other You know, there's there's kind of a tradition within certain kinds of venues in cities, you know, like in New York, like the the jazz scene. I think about that in the you know, in the 40s, 30s and 40s, where there's all these amazing, hugely famous, the most famous jazz musicians at the time in America would would hop from club to club and play with different people and sit in. And um, yeah. And I love that, you know, and you see that in Ireland, you see that in different countries. Yeah. all around the world. And they're usually centered around a venue that, that supports that kind of uh, activity. You know, that's, it's it's a special kind of venue that, that doesn't need to be rigid and um, especially can adapt to musicians, late hours and baked potato. I love it. It's that, it's a tiny little place. Um, You know, if you're sitting in the front row, you're like four feet from the singer. Yeah, you're you know? like you're yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It's not a very good COVID-friendly uh, venue. Uh, no, but, <laughs> but they are uh, they're still open and they're and they're great and they you know like you were saying you can go and see people that show up just kind of on a whim that you would see in a huge venue you know or uh, just because they want to they want to show up and play and Largo has been like that over the years for for me and and Sarah. Um, you know, getting to see people play late at night. Just John Bryan, who's a hero of ours, amazing musician, producer, film composer. He had for, you know, up until COVID, he had a residency. For a long time, it was every week, every Friday night for like 12 years. And he would start playing about 10 o'clock at night. And he he plays all the instruments. He has all his instruments set up, bass, drums, guitar, really cool keyboards, chamberlains, mellotrons, and uh, oh, wow. electronic equipment and and like really old you know guitars and and he would loop them all he would make these basically just create incredible music using a bunch like four or five looping machines and um it was wild and just incredible and he would he was always producing amazing working with amazing people we met him after i became familiar with him after being um uh, loving the record that he produced for Fiona Apple, which is called when the pawn. And, um, he's produced a bunch of other stuff that we love. And, um, but he, you know, he would start playing at 10 o'clock at night and usually stop about midnight. And then there would be a second shift, which was like 1230 to two. And, um, and you'd see a lot of amazing musicians just show up and hop up on stage and play in front of like 20 people who decided to stick around. And, um, it's just, you know, it's, I feel privileged in that I was able to sort of, you know, be able to, I didn't have a job I had to be at early in the morning. And so I could, I could stick around and stay there. And I was young and I didn't, I could be up super late and be fine. Um, but it still get to your day gig the next yeah, day. <laughs> yeah. If I had one, you know, most of the time meeting musicians, it's just, it's just a nighttime thing. So you don't really have to have to worry about it, but yeah, well, you were the lucky one because I was one of those that had to do three jobs to to afford to play music. You oh, know? Yeah, um, I know. Well, 
And it's not every time, you know, I mean, especially, you know, when you're touring, you're just, uh, there's nothing else you're doing. You're just traveling. It's all day just to get, if you're driving, it's all day just to get to the city and play the show and there's no time. And if you're in a tour bus, you're just kind of locked into a, a, into a tour schedule. But um, anyway, I really love those, you know, that particular kind of scene and, and venue that provides that kind of opportunity for musicians and for audiences to come and see, like you said, like see amazing players just show up and blow your mind. So if somebody wanted to try to find out about that, do they, um, do you ever post it ahead of time or is it just, if you guys, yeah, um, you know, it's kind of, well, nowadays, I mean, right up until COVID, we would do shows at, at Largo, which is a theater. Uh, it's an old theater. It was made in the 40s and right in the middle of Hollywood. Um, and But there's a, a room connected to it called the Little Room, and it's a little bar that holds maybe 40 people. And so what we would do a lot of times is play our show from like 8.30 to 10 in the theater, and then we would stop and if we were feeling, feeling our oats, we would go over and play a second set in the little room. If there were people around that we wanted to just jam with, and it was real loose. Um, you know, sometimes we play another hour and a half. Sometimes we play a half hour. Um, but that, that's kind of the, the vibe. And we would, you know, it was sort of word of mouth. Um, we wouldn't really advertise it cause you never really knew if it was going to happen until it happened. That's the other right. thing. It's, you, it's sort of like, these things are mystical in that if you talk about them and plan them, they kind of lose their, you just kind of have to be there. You have to, well, you have to be there to and you have to show up. And a lot of times it might not work out. It might not be great, but sometimes when it does, it's amazing. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know about you, Sean, but I can't tell you how many times that, you know, we've um, had promoters talk to us about a big show that we were doing and it sounded so exciting and we built ourselves up and it was nothing, anything like what we thought it was going to be. And the ones that we thought yeah. were in the, that were going to be in a dive that we didn't have any idea if we were, if anybody was even going to show up, if anybody even knew who we were, they ended up being the most fun. And because it was just yeah. raw and you just can't, you just went in there and said, well, I'm, we're just going to do what we do. And if they like it, great. Yeah. If they don't, they don't. And so yeah. that, it's, it's that kind of a vibe, which I love. Well, I want to talk it about is. a couple of, I want to talk about a couple of other things that you're doing. Um, this fiction family that you're doing that with, with John Foreman, are you still, mm-hmm. are you still doing that? And, and what, what do you see coming up for that? Um, that's, that's a, a band that, that we love. I love John Foreman. He's my partner in it. And now there's two other people, um, a drummer Part named Aaron Redfield and a bass player named uh, Tyler Chester, who actually plays with us at, at the Family Hour a lot. And we work with him a lot in different areas. He's an amazing producer and multi-instrumentalist. But, um, you know, it's it's tough with schedules, especially, you know, John is, is so busy with his band Switchfoot. And yeah. so finding time to finding time to make a record and tour is tough. But um Every now and then a little thing pops up and I, you know, I definitely say we're still a band. It's just, um, it's just hard to find, find time, time these days. Well, but we, lo- we I love it. Tell you. We did. A, I don't know. If we, I, I feel like we played, I'm not sure if we played the Kessler, but. Hmm. I actually, I shouldn't say, I feel like we did, but I, I really, I, I'm not, I'm not positive, but um, at some point we'll probably make some more music and, and tour. 
Well, um, in searching through a lot of the stuff that you've done, I got to tell you, to this day, I really love the Tiny Desk concert that you guys did. And um, oh, cool. I, I mean, I, I, of course, I, I discovered a lot of people on that platform. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. I just I'm, I make myself do that because they're they're really good about scouting out people that I normally wouldn't hear in a mainstream mm-hmm. kind of way. And that's kind of yeah. my vibe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, I I really loved uh, you, you guys on that show. And I that's what makes me want to come and see you, because I can tell there's just such a great energy between you and your sister and how cool that was um, for you guys to be able to do what you do, write together, do your things together, and then also have all these other things, gigs that you do apart and still be able to come yeah. back and have that energy. Um, I, I was reading about how yeah. you guys had a very limited time in the studio for this last record and um, mm-hmm. it kind of forced you to sit there and, you know, I think I read somewhere where you guys were just in a room with your producer, the three of you, and you were just banging it out. Um, yeah. Fake badge and real gun. Will you give me a little bit about that? Because you not knowing that much about us, we, um, my husband and I, you know, I think I told you before we got on the show that um, he's the mayor of our city and we've gone through some stuff. I mean, I found out yeah. exactly how silly people can be and jump on stuff. Yeah. And when I heard that song and listened to those lyrics, I was like, Oh dude, I wish I could have played that as my, our theme song while we were, <laughs> while we were running, you know, and just say, Hey, yeah. um, but it's a cool way that you kind of addressed some, some issues that are going on in our world today because of social media and, and where, how yeah. people feel like they can just jump on a bandwagon. Yeah. It's interesting. That whole, uh, that whole area and the subject matter is you can kind of take it as deep as you want. It can be as, it can be something personal, like a personal experience that happened to you and someone who had authority in your life at some point um, that affected you negatively, or it could go all the way up to anything having to do with world leaders and, you know, um, leaders of countries and politics. Um, but it actually started because I got the idea for it um, as I was flipping through uh, just in a hotel room somewhere, flipping through the TV and there was a local news station. And I always, I kind of, like local news it's such a weird little niche of culture that's so specific and kind of only exists there you know um and anyway i was just i it stopped for whatever reason i stopped in this this local news station and there was a chiron at the bottom of the screen that just you know it just said uh fake badge comma real gun and it was a story <laughs> about probably you can figure it out i don't i don't even i didn't watch it but it was probably some you know obvious thing and um i had this folder in my notes um app in my phone that's called future song titles and i just put things in it that i think would be a great song title maybe there's you know a seed a germ of some idea that seems like it can be explored or mined out um even if i know what it is I, you know like i didn't really know what that was going to be i just thought think bad right you just like you love the, there's some the, the idea there. of it Right. Yeah. It just yeah, kind no, of like I, I can tell there's some stuff to be pulled out of it. And so I wrote I, I wrote a fair amount of it, maybe a verse um, and showed it to my sister. And we kind of tweaked it and talked about how, you know, things in our lives um, collectively and separately that sort of we could apply to this. And um, 
without getting spe- specific and alienating people or pointing fingers, you know, but, but just kind of highlighting the, the universal uh, experience that, that a lot of people have. Um, and also collectively that we can have as a country or, you know, the world. Well, I love the concept for me. I like the concept of a lot of people feel like they have to justify their position by stating that they're in a sense a position of power, feeling mm-hmm. like that's that will establish you listening to what they have to say more than if they just said right. an opinion. And and I, right. you know, I I love the idea of us understanding that we shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to try to lift yourself up to make people listen to you. It should just be based on a relationship that you have. And so I, and and I, I, I've gotten to the place where I I've said on these interviews in the past, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to someone about what were you thinking about the song? I don't really necessarily want to know in depth what you were, because I feel like songs are so personal. It's so subjective and all of us can listen to a song and it's going to be something completely different for us than it is for someone else. Yeah. But, um, totally. but sometimes as in, in the core of our conversation, I like to hear just if I'm interested in what were you thinking or where, you know, how did you get that? And uh, so that was a reason for, yeah. for asking you that. I no, dig it's, the it's song cool. a lot. I, I mean, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's a song that uh, a lot of people I, I'm pleased with, you know, um, the amount of people that, that ask about that song. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're writing a song, you, you don't want it to be too specific, but you don't want it to be too vague. And so there's this line of your writing of, I mean, sometimes you do want to be really specific, but with this, we wanted to kind of leave it a little bit open to interpretation, but, you know, I mean, I think everyone can agree that there are a lot of people in our lives or in positions of authority in any kind of system like a government or a church or anything who they, they, there's a certain kind of authority that just um, is undeserved. And for whatever reason, they have power that, that they weren't given or they, you know, are wielding in a very, very unrighteous way. And, um, and, and they have, you know, they have the power and they have the power to, to harm you, to really hurt us, you know, um, in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, but they really did not earn their way to that position of authority, <laughs> you know. Well, um, you know, I, I and, tell my kids all the time: you, we, we're the ones that allow these things to affect us, and so and we've gotten into a mm-hmm. world now with everything that's being thrown out there. Um, you can't just because it was on the news, just because there's a picture of it, just because there's a video, doesn't make it true for you, and doesn't mean that you have to mm-hmm. accept it as as real. I mean, let's just get totally. down to the bottom of it. So, no, yeah, I, I mean, it's it, the worst place to get information these days is from TV news. It's it's horrible. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, a, it's absolutely. just a business that's they've cornered the market on who you are and they're just, you know, feeding you everything that feeds your confirmation bias. And so it's you know, that's another thing that I love talking about. But it's also a major wormhole. I just well, I think you, I, have to, that, you have to, you know. It's this whole cookies I, I thing, this whole like they, they send you the news that they think you want to hear based on what you search oh, for yeah. on your phone. My kids yeah, don't even no. understand. They're adults now. They're all young adults. They don't understand that, um, you know, this this thing, this device that they're carrying around. 
um, is tracking so much of what they do and it's forcing them to like things that, you know, that they want you to like. And so, I I, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, I don't want I, to get down that road because I, I know, could but talk it, about that for a long time. But it is, it is, it's a topic worth discussing and thinking about because it, it is like it or not, they've become a huge part of our lives and a huge part of how we get information and, information is very important you know um well in so. the world of music i'm grateful for it but they they have no idea because i'm all over the map they don't even know what to send me yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 searching and listening to every kind of i mean that's a plethora i like to, just, of types I, I, like to me- I like to mess with my algorithm and just search for stuff that i would never search for or <laughs> listen to music i would never listen to just to keep them confused Absolutely. Well, I, I don't want to use my click on an ad for I'm, something I would never buy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I am not going to confuse my phone. I'm going to be clicking on a ton of y'all stuff, but I'm going to play "Fake Badge Real Gun" right now, so our audience can hear right. just what a cool song this is. And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some more stuff that you got going on. Because I'm telling you, you uh, is there anything you don't play? And I'm sitting here looking at all these instruments behind you and realizing just how talented a guy you. <laughs> really are so if you're just listening i'm talking to sean watkins of the watkins family hour and of course nickel creek and we'll be right back after you guys hear this tremendous song called fake badge and real gun with maylee thomas right here on texas homegrown music you got a fake badge and a real gun shooting down with your camera in your mouth a bullet time
So here we are back again with uh, Sean Watkins. And well, one of the coolest parts about what you guys are doing, like I said earlier on this family, um, on Watkins Family Hour, is the collaboration and um, how cool it is that you guys had have this you know, a event, cause I'm going to call it an event when you mm-hmm. can bring pe- people can just come in and be a part of it. Um, it reminds me of, um, when we met, my husband and I were playing a gig downtown Dallas. This has been 20, well, it's 1991, I think January of 1991. Mm-hmm. And we had Clarence Clemens and, um, I mean, uh, uh, Alan Thicke, I mean, about five mm-hmm. artists that came in and they were all, they were all, they were there for a hockey league thing, believe it or not. They were mm-hmm. playing the Olympics hockey league in a touring around, but they all came in and we, oh. uh, we got them up to play. Clarence, George went back and got Clarence's sax and he got up and played and, wow. um, Alan Thick sang and several of them were, you know, musicians and they all got up and played mm-hmm. and it started a relationship that we had for 20 years with Clarence. He ended up playing, coming and uh, recording with us and doing some records. And wow. those are the kind of things that wouldn't happen if you weren't open to having people on. And I noticed that obviously yeah. you guys are, feel the same way because so many of these people you met at Largo ended up playing, uh, you know, recording with you on your first record. Um, yeah. from, you know, the likes of Fiona, a whole list of tremendous yeah. people, um, that you had come in and, um, and I, I noticed Don Heffington played drums. And of course he just passed away this yep. past March. So how yeah. cool was that, that you guys had that collaborative, um, time with him yeah. for all those years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and then now on the second record, you actually got some, some others on there. I noticed. So David. Garza is singing on mm-hmm. a song with you guys and um, Gabby Moreno, who's for Guatemalan and superstar, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. John C. Riley. And um, of course, you know, a lot of people remember John C. Riley from, you know, he's always singing in some in the movies yeah. that he's in, but he doesn't take it as seriously as he is obviously with singing with you guys. Well, he John's a, gr- a great singer. I mean, he's a great I, he could be, you know, there are a lot of actors who kind of act like they're, they're singers and musicians and they're, that, that's fine. Uh, but John could be playing gigs, you know, and he would be what, if he was acting or not. And he's got his own, uh, show that he would travel around with for a long time, you know, pre COVID called John Riley and friends. And it, it was him and a lot of our friends from Largo. And it was kind of a musical variety show as well. And, um, we love him. We love Playing, playing and singing with him. He just loves old songs, old bluegrass and country tunes and collects them. And, um, but yeah, so on that, that's the last song on our, on our album, brother, sister, which is our second walk and family hour album. And the, the, the rest of the record is pretty much focused on my sister and I, and we wrote a lot together and, um, but we wanted one song that was just kind of a party song, sort of a, a reference to the way that the, our live shows usually are, which is very inclusive and collaborative. And, um, there's, so there's a song called keep it clean that, um, it's an old blues song from the 1930s. I heard it originally from Lyle Lovett, uh, speaking of Texas people. Um, yeah, I, I was playing, I played guitar with him for three or four weeks, filling in for his guitar player. Um, and this was like 2012, 
and uh, he would play that song every night. Um, and his version is completely different from ours. But he told me, I asked him about it, and he said it's this guy, Charlie Jordan, and he told me to check out the original version, which I did. And our, our version is sort of based on on his. More different. But um, when we, yeah, and but when we, yeah, when we were, I think we recorded that song, uh, Keep It Clean, right towards the end of, of the process of making this record. And um, we just wanted to call in some of our, some of our, favorite friends uh from largo from here in los angeles to come and collaborate and that was yeah that was gabby marino john riley um mike viola who produced our record sang a verse and david garza and um yeah david is one of our favorite musicians and all-time favorite people we met him maybe 2001 uh, at the original largo and he's just been one of you know a, a collaborator a friend a mentor um you know, he and played Texas boy, I gotta say, for, for all you listeners out oh, there. Oh, big time Texas yeah. boy. Big time Texas boy, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he's on that, and he plays an incredible piano solo as well and, and sings. But we, we love, Three. we love David.
if you like bluegrass and you like Americana music, then you're going to have to check out the Watkins Family Hour and Nickel Creek when they start touring again. But so Sean and Sarah are out doing their tour with this record. And I think you need to check it out if you get a chance to see them. Like I said, they're um, they're doing some th- dates in October this this year, um, the 21st at the Kessler, the 22nd. They're going to be in, down in Austin. And then the 23rd, I think they're in Houston. So just look them up, Watkins Family Hour. Like them on Facebook and follow their Instagram, et cetera, and find out where they're going to be and check it out. I'm going to close the show today with David Garza, um, a, song, a song called Texas Is My Home. And uh, he's from Irving, Texas. And thank you, David, for singing this little ditty. I really kind of like it. We're going to take us out of here. I want to say thank you to the Guitar Sanctuary and Tupps Brewery for making this show possible. And I hope to see you guys next week when we'll bring you a new artist, Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. Peace out, everybody. Remember to love life. You get out of it what you put into it. We'll see you next time. Shows of Galveston, moon over Fort Worth. Sky over Abilene. Booty strawberries, grandest grand prairies. Texas is heaven to me. From West El Paso, East Nagadocia. From Amarillo on down. Got a soft spot in my heart for Texas, baby. Texas is my hometown. Cha-Cha in Chicago, Boogaloo in Brooklyn, shake hands in Washington, D.C., Musk in Frisco, strum in Tucson, they don't mean nothing to me, one thing I know, everywhere I go, every town I'm bound. Just leave me lonely for Texas, baby Texas is my hometown My town's bigger than England My town's hard as Morocco My town's got Billy Gibbons How, 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 how My town's got Rocky and Flacco Sunrise on 6th Street Moonlight on Deep Ellum Make me glad to be alive Streets of Laredo Missions of old San Antonio Always bring tears to my eyes Each night I pray To Selena and Stevie Ray Watch over our sacred ground All roads lead to Texas, baby Got a soft spot in my heart for Texas, baby Hey, watch what you say about Texas, baby Texas is my home town